it seems obvious, but I think we got to be better humans. Like it's yeah. beyond just the workplace. It's beyond nine to five. You've seen the workplace even kind of scattered to be much more remote. And so the day is longer. Maybe your day now is like seven to 10 and then 11 to one and then three to six and then nine to 10 PM. Like, so, so even, so there's a lot more of a blending between work and home. And so I think the most genuine, authentic, transparent way to be a good leader is to be honest and, and ask questions. How are you doing? Like when you ask an open-ended question, you know, you're, you might, you, in the, in the old world, might've been just like, okay, you got to check in once a week. Okay. But how are you doing now? I think is the answers you can expect or that you want to hear are much broader. It's not just yeah. about the project you're working on or that task that I asked you to do, but how are you doing? Yeah. How are your kids? How's your spouse? Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Hacking HR podcast. Today, we're going to be using analogies in the conversation we are going to have. We're going to use analogies with the world of agriculture. And we're going to talk about, about leadership in the context of cultivating and pruning people in the workplace. And we're going to have this conversation with somebody who has been in the space of HR and leading HR for a very long time, more than two, three decades now. I don't want to, I don't want to give away your, your age or anything, Tom, (laughs) (laughs) but uh, we're going to have this great conversation with an executive that has been in different companies, different sectors, leading HR for a long time. So Tom, it's great to have you with me today. How are you doing? I'm great. Thanks for having me again today. Yeah, this is a topic near and dear to my heart. So looking forward to it. Well, I'm excited about the conversation. And the first thing that I want to ask you is, you know, for everybody who is listening or watching to this podcast, generally, we, we together with my guests, you know, we decide on the topics we want to talk about. We don't have any specific questions. We like, we like to keep it very natural. But Tom said, I want to talk about the, uh, the analogy between the role of a leader and the world of agriculture. Why in the first place? Why would you connect those two worlds uh, yeah. in the concept of leadership. Yeah, no, I think there are a lot of analogies, even going back to like the beginning of time. I mean, that's where we all started was agriculturally. And I, those have always resonated with me. I've got some relatives that are still working the land, you know, out here in the middle of Illinois. So uh, <laughs> I, I really appreciate those analogies. And, you know, when one of them was when it comes to strategy that I actually used just last week is I loved how I used to ask one of my uncles, like, how do you, how are those lines so perfectly straight? And just like, well, you got to look at the horizon. You look at the horizon and you, you know, as you're going with the tractors, that makes perfectly straight lines. He's like, if you're looking at your feet, you're looking in front of you, it zigzags all over the place. I'm like, wow, there's a lot of analogies when I'm setting strategies of, okay, we need to do the near and the, the, like the near term stuff, but you really do need to focus on the long-term things to make sure that you get to where you want to get to. And the rest of it will kind of fall into place as, as long as you do that. So I know that's yeah. not what we're talking about today, but you know, he, they give me a boatload of them, you know, in terms of, uh, you know, leadership specifically, you know, you think about the vine and you think about pruning and you think about how to cultivate the soil. So it best grows. And it's like, that's people. I mean, that's yeah. all of us. And so that's where, you know, you and I, we're going to kick some things around today. No, absolutely. And, and I love the analogy. Uh, and let me ask you, you know, very broadly, given all the craziness that is going on in the world today, right? We have COVID, we have political polarization, we have social and racial unrest, we have economic, you know, hardship for a lot of people. Uh, what's the role of leader now? What is the role of leader these days? If it, if it actually changed from anything that we had in the past? Yeah, I, I think our, our uh, world events have caused us, I mean, 
it seems obvious, but I think we got to be better humans. Like it's yeah. beyond just the workplace. It's beyond nine to five. You've seen the workplace even kind of scatter to be much more remote. And so the day is longer. Maybe your day now is like seven to 10 and then 11 to one and then three to six and then nine to 10 PM. Like, so, so even, so there's a lot more of a blending between work and home. And so I think the most genuine, authentic, transparent way to be a good leader is to be honest and, and ask questions. How are you doing? Like when you ask an open-ended question, you know, you're, you might, you, in the, in the old world might've been just like, okay, you got to check in once a week. Okay. But how are you doing now? I think is the answers you can expect or that you want to hear are much broader. It's not just yeah. about the project you're working on or that task that I asked you to do, but how are you doing? Yeah. How are your kids? How's your spouse? How's your, how's, you know, life going? I know that like you had to, you know, a new roofing situation, whatever it might be. But I think, I think that's where trust is built is when you genuinely care about the holistic person going on. And again, as long as there's safe trust, you know, built between the two, yeah. but I do think it's, it's broad because uh, and I think you've seen the, the increase in, in awareness of mel- mental, uh, you know, uh, uh, instability or strain yeah. or stress. You have to, how are you doing? It's not just tactical in a work plan. It's how are you doing? I emphasis on the you. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it seems that we are, uh, and, and I like the fact that, you know, because of what's happened over the past couple of years with COVID, we have somewhat removed the focus of those conversations just on how is your work doing yeah. to, or how are you doing in relationship with your work to now having more human conversations, which is how are you, like you said, as a human doing, what can I do to support you as a human? Because we know that those conversations have an impact uh, in work and we can really uh, separate uh, the two. Tom, let me ask you this. Uh, I know I know one of the uh, uh, one of the 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 uh, topics that you wanted to talk about today was sort of the role of leaders in having difficult conversations with their employees, crucial conversations. And very often these conversations are, you know, mentoring, coaching, providing feedback and, and whatnot. What, how, how, do you, how do you do this in a world that seems polarized around everything? You know, I mean, you can say the sky is blue today and I can say, no, you, you're wrong. It's, it's green. And then we get into a fight because you think it's blue and I think it's green. How do you even provide valuable feedback, mentoring and coaching, given that specific set of circumstances that we are living through right now? Yeah, no, I think it, it, going back to that agricultural analogy, I think it starts with the soil, like cultivating that right environment, a safe environment, trusting environment. That's easy. So you're not always going to get there. Maybe the soil, yeah. something's wrong with it. <laughs> uh, maybe too much clay, some kind of wrong pH balance. I'm showing my <laughs> ignorance about all those kind of things. But, you know, but, but I think it starts with that soil, that relationship between you and that person. And, and I think that's where it starts from. And then I think from there about having those crucial conversations is, I think it's the part of leadership that maybe sometimes we we don't focus on enough or as much as we should. Like it's really, I don't want to say it's easy, but the fun part of leadership is like taking the hill, holding the flag, come on with me. We get across the finish line, everybody wins, everybody's happy. Like, yeah, that's part of it, you know? That's that kind of like tending to the vine and fertilizing it and making sure that everything is healthy and it's got enough water and stuff. Like that's the fun part of it. But sometimes you got to prune too. Yeah. And it might be like a little temporary prune because if it grows the wrong way or it's choking itself or there's just too much distraction going on, pruning is painful. Pruning hearts. Yeah. It, it, like, you know, you, you, you prune it and you throw it in the burn pile, right? Yeah. Um, 
but I, I think sometimes leaders are more focused or too focused on the kind of fun part of leadership and not the, uh, you know, the pruning part of it. And I think that we as leaders, you shirk your responsibility as a leader to have those crucial conversations yeah. because, you know, what, however you do performance management, everybody that you work with or work for or works for you, you can find three things that they do really well and three things they need to work on. And if you skip that, three things they need to work on, it's kind of leaning more toward everybody gets a trophy, they'll figure it out mm. on their own, don't worry about it, et cetera. And, and I think you're really, you're shirking your responsibility as a leader because they have some growth areas and you're just choosing to take the easy route out. Yeah. And ultimately, you might end up paying for it because you might need to clean it up down the road, but you are, you're, you're, you're not helping them grow as a, as a person, as an employee, as a leader, by not talking honestly about those things. Yeah, and, and, and now science shows that if you are a brilliant performer in your organization, and not only are you working your, you know, your, your guts off you know, and your ass off to, to make it work at work, but then you look at other people in the organization and you say, these guys are getting trophies uh, you know, out of thin air. Uh, you know, it's like they are not putting the, either the work or they are... Uh, you know, they need more support and, and whatnot. So then that you start going down to that level. I'm saying, why am I, you know, doing all of these things if my peers are not, not giving the same, right? And that right. creates this environment of a, a, a cycle of why am I, am I going to be the best performer here yeah. if my peers who are not at that level are getting the same rewards? And that's so dangerous, um, oh, it is. you know. Yeah, yeah, you know, and, and it's also a balance too of, you know, production or whatever you do at your work, let's say it's production or, yeah. you know, hitting your goals, achieving metrics, whatever it might be, but you got to balance that about how you show up at work. And we try to do it like balancing, like we want to evaluate people on how they did yeah. to achieve your goals in your production, but how did you show up? Did you reflect our core values? You know, yeah. because if you have a really great year, but you don't show up well and everyone thinks you're a jerk, well, like you're a problem, you know? Yeah. And then likewise, you know, maybe because of other reasons you didn't hit, you know, some within your control and some outside of your control, you didn't hit your metrics, you didn't hit your goals, but you showed up well every day and you're yeah. a positive influence on your team. And it's just like, you can show somebody like, hey, even in headwinds, watch how that person goes yeah. about their day. You want to be able to encourage and reward that person and say like, I know you ran into headwinds, but we're still going to yeah. reward you anyway, because you have that balance of the operator and say like that people developer, how you show up. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Now, Tom, let me ask you, what, what, do you see, what do you think is the role of HR, HR leaders? Of course, them individually have the role of doing what you, we just talked about, you know, in, in the sense of leadership. But what is their role in creating the right conditions in the organization for this kind of cultivating, pruning, building trust, uh, for, for those things to actually emerge and succeed in the organization as part of their culture. Yeah, I think part of it is, you know, that transparency. You got to have those relationships first. So it goes beyond just HR. You don't want to be known as just the HR guy or girl, right? It's got to <laughs> yeah. go beyond that. You got to be that trusted business advisor. And I think when you have those relationships and you can model, you know, quick to praise other people and maybe slow to praise yourself, right? Just lead that way. And people see that kind of integrity which I mean, I'm a, I'm a person who believes that HR is the moral compass of any company, yeah. right? We have to just ooze integrity. And if, if, if people trust us to the point to say like, hey, you know what? Tom's speaking truth into my life right now. Tom is speaking, he, it sounds 
tough. It sounds like, you know, kind of abrasive, but like he's doing this for my own good. We can model that for people. And the other thing too, is like walking with people when they have to have those conversations. Cause I'm in HR. I have 10 of those discussions a week. It's like, it's like people who work in the ER. I don't know how they can work in the ER. They just get used to doing it and being efficient and doing it well and with care, but direct. And I think HR were the same way that we got to be willing to sit down with people and be like, okay, here's how you prep for it. Here's the things you got to think about, the things you want to say, the environment you want to be in and all those kind of things. And I'm going to be sitting right next to you. And if it kind of goes wobbly or whatever, I'll take over. And then you model. And then after that, be like, okay, now you can do it the next time, you know, because that might, I do, I have those, you know, five, 10 of those conversations a week. They might have it once a year. Yeah. Or twice a year. And so they're just not comfortable with that yet. But that's how we can provide that support. Like, oh, HR really is behind me. They are really trying to help me succeed in those tough discussions. It's easy to tell someone like, hey, you just got promoted. Here's your massive bonus. Here's your huge merit increase. That's easy. The other part of it is where you need some coaching and mentoring and be like, hey, that's not an easy discussion, but yeah. here's how you can, you know, you can, it can land the best way. Yeah. And a lot of leaders, um, if, you know, if we can use the entirety of the word with them, uh, you know, very often avoid those conversations. I mean, mm-hmm. because they, fe- I think it's the fear that we all have in the workplace that these kinds of conversations can create conflict, which is not negative all the time. You know, it's, it, you know, sometimes it emerges and it makes the entire thing better. And even those relationships, but your, your, uh, your, your starting points for these conversations around trust and transparency are powerful because if you don't have those, even if it's the easiest conversation in the world, you know, trust, you know, it's like the glue that keeps the entire thing uh, together and actually working. Yeah, I agree hundred percent. And it is those common discussions that you're having frequently, you know, yeah. and again, just see where it goes. If it goes in a work direction, then go in a work direction. If it yeah. doesn't go in a work direction and they're distracted, they have things going on at home, Support them that way too. You know, you've yeah. got to be adaptable based on where they're at and, and kind of where their mind's at. Yeah, absolutely. Thomas, we're getting closer to the end of our conversation. I want to ask you one last question. If there was, you know, many HR leaders are dealing with so much right now, but they are, you know, culture is top of mind for, for all of them. And they want to create this kind of cultures where conversations with peers, leaders are natural, trustworthy, transparent. If they are trying to build that culture today, because maybe they don't have it in their organizations, what would you say would be a great starting point in that journey? Um, you, you mean to, to have those safe conversations that to maybe cre- they haven't to, had cre- to create a culture for that to happen. Okay, yeah. I think it's gotta be um, safe, to be honest with you. You gotta be able to be honest with each other and not get hammered. It's kind of like innovation. The thing that chokes out innovation mm. is lack of risk-taking. Yeah. So you got to have the safe environment where I can be honest with you and you know that I'm not talking about you as a person. I'm talking about what I'm seeing or how the project went or whatever. And, it, and it's, you know, you're, you're able to kind of bifurcate the person from the activities and what you're seeing. So as long as you're able to share that in a safe way. And again, I think we as HR, we can model that for the other people around us, the C-suite yeah. and just say, like, here's one way that you can go about that where that person wouldn't feel threatened or like belittled or humiliated it's not about them as a person it's about what are we seeing what's the production what's like yeah. what's what's going on in the work site and when we talk about that different from that you know the, the person or, or or say it in such a way that they don't take it personally i think yeah. that's where that's where really you know progress could happen yeah uh, thank you for bringing up the, the the element of psychological safety which has uh mm-hmm. has always been important but now we know again the science is telling us 
people are looking for psychological safety if you want yeah. them to be innovative, creative, risk takers uh, and, and whatnot. So Tom, thank you so much for spending this time with me and sharing your insights with me and of course with the extended Hacking HR community. Thank you. All right, it was a pleasure. Thank you. And thank you everybody. Stay tuned for the next episode of the Hacking HR podcast. I will see you all soon. Thank you everybody for watching or listening to this podcast. I hope you enjoyed the show. Please follow us on our social media and subscribe to our newsletter so that you can stay informed of all the things that we're putting together for you from the Hacking HR community. Thank you so much. Please continue to stay safe, stay well, stay strong, and we will see you soon.